Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. My name is Jim, and today I'm going to be doing a little solo cast for you all. Kyle, unfortunately, couldn't make it this week, so instead of us doing a deep dive like normal, I'm going to hit some key points about Episode 5 of Beacon 23, throw out a big theory that I have, and we also have a special announcement for all of our Beacon 23 and Silo fans. But first, as always, a little Benchtown TV housekeeping. If you're listening from our Silo or Beacon 23 feed and are not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many different shows and would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered The Boys, Gen V, Fall of the House of Usher, and Attack on Titan. And besides Beacon 23, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen and A Murder at the End of the World. Coming up soon, we have Reacher Season 2, the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, and Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So what I'm trying to say is that we cover a lot of TV, and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Binstown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps, or check us out at BinstownTV.com. All right, so let's start with the special announcement first. We spoke with the man himself and confirmed that friend of the pod and two-time guest Hugh Howie will be joining us at the end of the season to discuss Beacon 23's season as a whole. And hopefully we could pull some Silo Season 2 snippets out of them. Thanks to Hugh for always being the best, and we can't wait for that chat. But for now, let's get back to Beacon 23, Episode 5. Episode 5 is titled Rocky. After a little sidebar in episode four, we are back with Aster, Halen, Harm, and the scary as hell Bart. We're also officially introduced post-mortem to Solomon. So what did I think of the episode? I think in general, like Kyle and I said last week, the show is still on the rise. I believe that these episodes are getting better and they're starting to give us answers that we need, but that doesn't mean I don't have any notes. It did feel a little weird to me for this to be the episode where Bart shows the footage from the Solomon incident. Of course, hey. I loved seeing it. I wanted to see it. But we already found out episodes ago in a very nonchalant conversation with Harm that Solomon's death was an accident and that Halen didn't kill him. So I'm wondering why Bart didn't show the footage episodes ago in the way that he did this episode. The only thing that I could think of is that the writers wanted us to wait which seems a little weird with the writing, but it's not a huge deal. The other thing I really don't think worked for me was Rocky the Talking Rock. This rock had a weird New York accent, and it seemed like they were trying to be funny while also symbolically telling Helen what to do, but it just didn't really feel right to me. Lastly, I was a little confused at the lack of emotion Aster had with the whole killing of Coley. She seemed more affected by killing the random wrecker in episode two than she did killing her friend slash lover. 
Honestly, though, it may just be by design because they need to hurry along the plot. And I'm fine with skipping an episode of Aster being sad because she killed her friend slash lover. Okay, so now let's get to what I did like. I thought the Salmon flashback was great. Steven Root played him very well, and I thought it was exactly what we needed for a hello and a goodbye for Solomon. Give us some information about the character and his motivations. Show us the truth of his demise, and now we can move on. The truth about his demise is a little gray in some ways. Yes, Solomon was ready to leave Halen out in space to die with no oxygen oxygen and yes Solomon was super suspicious and paranoid of why Halen was there but Halen did leave some bad evidence for Solomon to uncover he had no idea that he traveled 84,000 systems to get to this beacon and the way he reacted made it look like he was either crazy or lying in the end Solomon thought Halen was trying to steal his research so he stole the ship and abandoned Halen and Bart but when he stole the ship he had no idea that Halen exhausted all of the oxygen and that he signed his own death warrant Halen's actor Stephen James really played Halen well in this episode. He showed a combination of badassness, paranoia, confusion, and compassion, of course, for Aster that we've seen tastes of in prior episodes, but was on full blast this episode. And props to him because I thought it was great. Lena Headey, of course, is the best as always. No notes there. The last thing I will say before we get into the main topic of the podcast is that Bart is scary as hell. I need to reiterate that. Bard's voice actor does so well in how he speaks and how the inflections change based on who he's speaking to. We talked about in the last episode how an AI with his own free will is scary as hell. The Bart we saw in episode four murdering Milan to the Bart we're seeing in quote unquote present day should be the thing we're most scared of as a villain in this show right now. Okay, so now let's get to the meat of the episode, the revelation of these rocks. In the episode, Aster is packing away Coley's old stuff when she finds out from Harm that Coley's suit records everything she did while wearing it. Harm's trying to say that she can use the recording to show that Coley wasn't in the right headspace, and then she could show that to QTA, and she can use that as her self-defense defense. But instead of using it for that reason, another light bulb pops up on Aster's head, and she realizes that she can take Halen's military suit and find out exactly what happened the day he deserted. And boy, do we find out some interesting information. Helen was on a military mission, just like we knew, when his group came to contact with these blue rocks. We have seen flashbacks of this, and my thoughts were that originally when I saw the flashbacks that Halen and Salmon were both on some kind of exhibition trying to get to the rocks and collect the rocks, but instead, like Kyle had said, it is this military mission that he was on, and they came in contact with the rocks. Apparently, the blue rocks, fumes, dust, whatever you want to say, were inhaled by Halen and he became infected pretty much. So from that moment on, he has been at the mercy of these rocks, which we found out are apparently sentient beings and can speak. So here's exactly what we know so far. Halen inhaled the rock fumes and they infected his brain and it could be seen in an MRI. It can apparently affect him in a way where he deserts the mission, travels 84,000 systems away without actually realizing it and thinking that there's a totally different reason for why he did it. It can cause hallucinations where actual people like Aster and Harm and people from his mission speak to him or it can apparently speak to him as the rock itself. And like I said, I already brought up my thoughts on that. So here's where my theory slash headcanon for now is going. My thoughts are that the rocks, or at least the glowing blue stuff on the rocks, are a sort of symbiotic creature. They are sentient living organisms and can decide when or when not to infect someone. When you breathe them in, they latch to your brain and infect you. From there, you're at their mercy. They control you. If you're a fan of sci-fi's The Magicians, then you know where I'm going here. If you haven't seen it, and by the way, if you haven't seen it, you should start right after this episode because it is awesome. But anyway... 
If you haven't seen it, I can use it as an analogy, and it's not really spoiling anything for you, so bear with me here. In The Magicians, many, many different worlds exist in the universe, pretty similarly to Beacon 23. In one of the episodes, a character who frequently travels to faraway worlds accidentally brings a symbiotic fungus to the magical school. The symbiotic fungus links its consciousness to the host and then eventually spreads enough to take full control of the host. They are highly intelligent and highly dangerous beings. I immediately thought of this magician's episode when watching Halen breathe in the blue fumes because in the magicians, the symbiote is spread as a fungal spore that is breathed in by the potential hosts, a.k.a. the students at the school. So anyway, that's where I'm going with this. The blue rocks, or at least the blue stuff on the rocks, are symbiotic, sentient, intelligent creatures and are not just some supernatural rocks. I'm assuming at this point that they are living beings. The part where it gets iffy is what their goal is, and are they actually trying to be a villain or a hero in this story? So far, it seems like they're trying to bring Aster and Halen to the beacon to be together for a purpose but we just don't know if it's a good or a bad purpose. Aster gets a childhood flashback of the symbol that they make at the end, and I can't tell whether it's supposed to be a good thing or not. She certainly seems happy when she does see it. It also smashes up the beacon in a way where they seem to be stuck on it. So me and Kyle's questions about whether or not they're leaving the beacon may have been answered in this episode. Either way, we still have the QTA on the way, and now there's no way for them to escape. Next episode seems like it's going to be a big one. All right. That's it for today. I wanted to keep this short and sweet. I hope you enjoyed the quick solo cast. And if you didn't, don't worry, because we'll be back next week with our Beacon crew to talk this week's episode and next week's episode, just like always. And as always, if you like what you heard, check us out, please, at BingetownTV.com. Like I said in the intro, we cover so many different shows. We've been to podcast for almost four years now. We have covered hundreds of shows. So if there's anything you might be interested, I'm sure we probably covered it. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast apps at Bingetown TV, and you can check us out on socials at Bingetown TV, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're all there. Please talk to us if you want to DM us, if you want to email us at BingetownTV at gmail.com. We have a Discord now. The link will be in the description so we could talk Beacon 23 and all different TV. We've had such a blast with the community there. We love talking to you guys. Hit us up any way you want, and we will always answer as long as we see it. All right, so that's it for this week. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.